Hey guys, we're here with Joel from Let's Read Podcast. Uh, I'm Claudius. I have Jamie. And um, yeah, we're hanging out on Saturday and I'm excited because I'm a huge fan of Let's Read Podcast. So so Joel, for people who don't know who you are or what Let's Read Podcast is, can you give them a, a brief breakdown of what it is? Sure, yeah. Um, so the Let's Read Podcast is basically uh, the user generated content of uh, people's scary experiences, whether that's stalkers or paranormal experiences that they send in to me. And then I kind of uh, compile those into sort of like anthologies um, every episode. And then I, I narrate them into a uh, audio based podcast. Yeah. So like, uh, what was your first experience with podcasting? Like just very first taste of podcasting. Yeah, so I guess it uh, all started with YouTube, and um, you know my, uh, you know I kind of always just uh, it, it was it was inspired by my roommates who had done comedy videos and stuff, and and of course like I had always seen the sort of general success that people had on YouTube, so I was like, man, that seems like a lot of fun. I'd like to give it a whirl. Yeah, and uh, wasn't exactly sure what to go with, and so I had some experience in college from friends who, who had done, um, you know, film majors. And I usually would help out as whether it was like acting or like the uh, sound guy person. Okay. And so I had uh, some general familiarity with like microphones and I thought maybe uh, YouTube doesn't have a lot of people that read things on there. So I just kind of, uh, bought one of those microphones I was familiar with and my roommate showed me how to use the editing software they use and how to upload and, just kind of walk me through that process until over time I eventually kind of found my niche uh, in um, scary stories and then eventually true scary stories that people submit. And uh, from that point, I was referenced by another, I guess you could say, horror community narrator to um, then give this one podcasting company, Audio Boom, a try. Okay. As uh, many people had asked for like a while to yeah. um, get my YouTube narrations onto podcasts. And then once I started communicating with them, because I had always wanted to do that, but I was complete, I, I didn't know anybody that knew uh, how to do like the RSS feed stuff and mm-hmm. all of that kind of stuff, even though I, I guess it's not like wildly complicated, but, um, <laughs> uh, you know, I just w- wasn't really sure where to kind of uh, kick things off. So I'm really thankful that I, you know, had come across them because they made made the process very very easy. Yeah, I mean, like people like to call the RSS feed like podcast magic or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, how did you come up with the idea for like let's read podcast? Um, it was uh, so when I first started on YouTube, I was reading like uh, Wikipedia pages because at that point it was I started in August of 2014 and. I think copyright stuff like definitely was it existed and like the sort of, you know, what people talked about on YouTube a little bit. So I was like, I don't want to get in trouble. So I was reading like Wikipedia pages and stuff like that. And that wasn't finding a lot of success. Uh, 
because I thought maybe I could be like some NPR or something. I don't know. I'd like just some, <laughs> bu- some buzzing in the background a little bit, you know? Yeah. And like, uh, basically I eventually stumbled across, um, uh, what was called creepy pastas. Right. And there was this like huge community that I didn't even know existed of like horror narrators, um, that, uh, read all of these like amateur horror fictions um, that usually came from various different sources and websites and stuff like that. And so then I was like, oh man, I guess this is the direction I should try to go if this is like, you know, where my specific niche on YouTube is um, kind of leading. So I went that direction. And then over time, uh, there was a kind of a big trend started by, you know, you might be familiar with uh, Mr. Nightmare um, oh yeah, and yeah, you know all those guys like they kind of uh, really kicked off the trend of true scary stories, which were you know stuff that was sent in by other people. Mm-hmm. And um, you know initially I just you know couldn't be bothered. I was like, oh man, you know it's it's sometimes difficult to come across like really well written amateur horror fiction, like, and then to go into like uh, you know stuff that's just submitted by your users, it was really, really hit or miss whether or not it like actually felt like a quality story to read. But then, you know, over time, I think, um, I, I, you know, I, I was like, you know what, this seems to be the direction the market's going in regards to what people are interested in and more specific on my channel. So I gave it a try and I think I kind of got in at the entry level that, um, when it was not necessarily right when it was kicking off, but like sort of like shortly after that, which kind of helped me get some exposure. So yeah, then that kind of, um, eventually, uh, led me to sort of taking the channel, the direction it did. And yeah, I'm, I'm glad that I did. Cause initially I was sort of like apprehensive about it, but honestly, a lot of the stuff that people send in now is, uh, really good yeah. content usually, yeah. usually. Yeah. So like, would you say that you're mainly known for Let's Read or was there something else that you had that people were like, oh, yeah, I know him from this other thing and I like Let's Read also? Uh, Yeah, I mean, Let's Read's pretty much the only thing I can say is my sort of claim to fame, per se, (laughs) (laughs) as far as, yeah, as far as uh, the whole uh, YouTube and uh, voice, you know, persona goes. Um, Honestly, yeah, I had no idea that I could be a creepy voice guy on the internet, you know what I mean? So I, um, it was, it was just something that you you might be able to, if you go back to like on my YouTube channel, like to when I first started and was reading like the Wikipedia pages, I sounded very, I guess like, uh, maybe slightly chipper. I was like, hi guy. Like I just (laughs) kind of sounded like a young boy, you know what I mean? And then, uh, and then as time went on and, you know, I started going the direction of the, um, horror narration i kind of changed it up to sound more uh menacing and ominous and that kind of thing and then that sort of like that voice slowly evolved into something that was like a mix between the two where it was like a more natural but also at the same time uh i guess uh, a little terrifying to to (laughs) the best of my abilities and yeah and honestly i had no uh you know prior um sort of being creepy experiences or whatever. Um, so yeah, it was, uh, really just kind of threw it out there and I, you know, I'll, I'll, and then there was like this mixed bag between like people are interested in the stories, people are interested in, uh, falling asleep to the voice. And we sort of found that, that happy middle ground where it's like, uh, lolling 
you into beautiful nightmares sort of thing. <laughs> it's kind of it's like a weird comforting thing. I yeah. don't know what it is. It's got yeah. a soothing yeah. voice. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> that's <laughs> awesome. That, yeah, that makes me happy because you know I it's it's weird sometimes where you know you don't you're struggling to sleep and you think your body should just shut down, but it's like you know your brain is still going a hundred miles a minute. You know what I mean? So yeah. you need something to just like lead you into a sort of like mind numbing state i guess (laughs) no definitely and i've noticed too like i like how you leave some of your flubs on purpose like when you do your outros oh right yeah (laughs) because like on on one of your latest ones you're like you know like you do the hey your friends thing and you're like oh shit i mean uh, hey friends (laughs) yeah yeah i yeah i was like editing and uh and I heard that, and I'm like, oh, that'd be pretty funny. I should just leave that. <laughs> yeah, because, like, your, your comment section on your YouTube was, like, loving it. They're like, oh, my God, I love how you left the oh, shit in there. Like, yeah, that no, was great. Yeah. <laughs> um, it is fun. Were there any stories that are too disturbing to use on the show? And if so, can you share a premise of one of them with well, us? Uh, shoot. You know, I guess... You know, I, I, I did end up having to take down my deep web video. I don't know if you ever got to watch that one. That oh, was from no, I didn't. two or three years ago. I might still have it like unlisted or something I can send to you, but like that was cool. You know, it, it <laughs> Oh man, it was uh <laughs> it was so funny because it was like right whenever I started hanging out with some friends who like were curious about it and stuff like that. Yeah. And like uh you know, and they're and they're sort of like um you know not really into that sort of content but i was trying to like show them and then they and they're like i watched your new video and i was like oh what's that one and they're like ah the deep web one and i was just thinking like oh jesus christ because like literally the uh the beginning of it like someone's describing what they've seen on the deep web and stuff and and i don't know to what extent on your podcast can am I able to describe some pretty messed up stuff? I don't want to like step oh. on any toes. Probably should have told you this. Like you can curse, be as explicit as you want to. Like there's no, okay. there's yeah, no yeah. kind of limitations or anything like that. All right, yeah. This <laughs> this is pretty gross, but it was like one of the things that people described in the story was like seeing some guys like uh, like he was uh, quote unquote skull fucked. Oh, <laughs> no. like, oh shit! Yeah, yeah, and I was just like. And even when I was reading it, I was like, oh, God, am I yeah. allowed, Am I even going to be able to say this on YouTube or whatever? But, I mean, yeah. it was. I'm pretty sure most of those stories were just creepypastas. But, like, obviously the authors had just kind of, like, gone all in on it. You know what I mean? Yeah, so it was course. like, And then, like, you know, whenever I had, was trying to introduce people to that, um, and then they say that the first thing they watched was my deep web video. I'm like, oh, my God, that's going to be <laughs> off to a great start here. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Um so some of those were, were very disturbing. Um, but most of the time, I would say the stuff that people send in aren't too ridiculous. I guess it's um, it's just like sometimes avoiding stuff that maybe gets like too controversial, maybe. Uh, yeah. Like where I, I, I know that like just their general sentiment or tone or something like that might upset the audience as far as like if the, a lot of people like to just like squeak in like little political views and stuff here and there. And I'm like, Oh God, I don't know if I can I understand. It's, yeah. Cause we, yeah. You know, how it goes. it's just like everybody's so heated and stuff all the time. Yeah. <laughs> Has anyone ever like ever complained about how you've like presented a story, I guess, or their, their post or anything like that. I, you know, I've been fortunate. Yeah. Where no one's like, just sometimes I'll like, I'll definitely just for like, 
back whenever people were, I think, like the, I don't know if you had heard about like the adpocalypse and all that kind of stuff um, on vaguely. YouTube. And, yeah, vaguely. Yeah, yeah, it was, yeah, it was just like in, in conjunction with like uh, YouTube, uh, I guess, like putting sweeping changes uh, to their system t- uh, to kind of like please the advertisers so that stuff, you know, controversial content was not prioritized as far as ad revenue goes and stuff. Yeah. Um, a lot of people made changes to be more family friendly and oh, great. Okay. I still wanted to present the stories, but I was like, well, I guess I don't need to swear, you know what I mean? Or, or at least like say stuff that's too ridiculously harsh, you know, leaving out um, anything that's like gets too sexually explicit and that kind of thing. So sometimes I'll try to find like ways to fandangle words around that kind of stuff. Um, because I do notice actually, whenever I use the word suicide in a video, mm-hmm. um, it gets like demonetized. Oh really? Uh, oh wow! On YouTube, yeah. So oh. I think that might be one of the like sort of trigger words on there that is no no go. So yeah, stuff like that. I just try to like change it to like ended my life or something of that nature. You Got know? it. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and um, so, but fortunately, none of the authors seem to you know DM me later and say what the hell I'm <laughs> supposed to say. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. All this stuff, but. Yeah, so I've been I've been fortunate. Like that's that's kind of been one of the good parts of interacting with people that um, are just sending in sort of like their they're jotting down their experiences with some creeper, some paranormal thing. Yeah, and they're not like some professional author, you know, to a degree. So even just like hearing their story on like a, a YouTube channel or or, or presented in uh, a narration format, like they get really excited about it. Whereas I think. Um, a lot of the authors from like No Sleep or various like uh, you know amateur horror fiction websites and stuff like that, like Creepypasta Wiki and stuff, might be a little bit more uh, frustrated with how things are presented because you know yeah. they look at themselves as like budding up and coming authors or the next Stephen King or whatever. You know what I mean? So <laughs> yeah, um, but uh, yeah, it's, it's it's I've been yeah I've been very fortunate with that. Um, so like, since the internet is kind of like wide open and, you know, Reddit's kind of wide open sometimes. And I know recently, like, um, one of the Reddit feeds, I think shut down because of like copyright issues with people's stories and whatnot. Like, have you, right, right. Like trying to like monetize your own videos are, have your authors been like a writers, I guess, been pretty chill about like, well, I'm not making any money for my stories, but you can monetize your videos. You know, um, in the past, uh, okay. I that was a learning experience for me. Yeah. Uh, was when I first started like getting into true scary stories and that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, and 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 also just uh, creepy pastas and you know the amateur horror and stuff like that. Like mm-hmm. I uh, was very um, like totally to- like I knew about copyright, but I just like thought that it was kind of part of the culture to just sort of grab stuff off of Reddit and not even think about it. You know what I mean? Cause right, I thought it was yeah. just like some, some like open forum, you know? Of course. And, yeah. uh, and then all of a sudden you're slapped with like three copyright strikes or, or maybe like, like two, you know what I mean? In like yeah. one day. Oh no. And, uh, and then I'm just like rushing around, uh, Oh, this was that was like the worst one, you know, the worst ever was I, I don't know if I forget. I, I guess it wasn't this summer, but the previous summer, uh, just getting struck with like two copyright strikes from like uh, 
some stories from you know let's not meet and that kind of thing okay and then uh yeah and then just like trying to like dm those those authors or, or not necessarily the authors but the people that gave you the strikes to like uh figure out what we could do to alleviate the you know the problem because essentially it's like youtube is very hands-off so like mm -hmm. if you copyright strike somebody like you know uh and you know you say they say all of a sudden you got three copyright strikes there's, you know, essentially your channel is like deactivated or at oh, least no. you lose control of your channel until you can like, it's pretty much like you're guilty till proven innocent type of thing. Got it. Yeah. And, uh, and which can be really precarious at times as far as navigating that, because, uh, obviously people can abuse that attempt. So I'm surprised more people actually don't just like to troll people and stuff, <laughs> but like, there's no repercussions you know what i mean for oh, like no, yeah. just uh, mainly just for like the more hated youtube channels i'm surprised people don't like do that stuff but anyways uh yeah so like just having to c communicate with the, those authors at the time be like uh what can i do to figure this out and then yeah. you know essentially for the past two years i've been like super hyper hyper vigilant to like i actually i actually pay somebody now to like when they go on reddit to like just ask per, you know to pretty much just try to find as many story permissions as you can um, yeah, on like let's not mean stuff and paranormal and all that just to just to make sure that I don't come across that again because I'm like shoot this I, I have to start realizing that this is my job and my livelihood and uh, I can't be making like dumb mistakes like that anymore yeah because like yeah. I guess in that sense they don't have to sign anything right like it's like a paper trail so to speak of like communication so if they give you like the permission yeah, but in a message that's pretty much fair game isn't it or no yeah i mean there yeah it's it's it doesn't um kind of like the process of like getting into legalities and stuff is so like inefficient that like you know to have all of the reddit authors that want you to read your stories mm -hmm. um like you know sign legal forms would just be really awkward i guess you know yeah, <laughs> like boy, yeah. okay we're gonna have we're gonna have you sign your life away here real quick just for you know <laughs> yeah. something that you happened last weekend exactly. and like um Jeez. so yeah so at this point it's, it's almost like an unsaid cultural thing i guess where it's like once you get permission based on like a sort of an internet handshake of like sure you know what i mean like right. yeah. you just kind of you kind of hope that that person isn't a dick and you know <laughs> is going to copyright you later on you know um which I have been fortunate yeah, to that's, not have to do. And yeah. and knowing that you're like an established like podcast and you know people you have like a huge fan base including me um like what was it did you have to set up uh let's read as like a business or is it like you know what I mean like is it yeah, like a yeah. LLC type thing let's read or is it just like you know how does it, that work <laughs> It actually it actually is yeah that's okay. funny you said um so yeah I was I just remember you know I was doing my because, you know, it's so tough as a business, some, or not necessarily tough, but just like a lot more annoying to do your taxes yeah. whenever you uh, essentially are just handed a paycheck or whatever. And uh, they don't take, you know, they don't take out because um, it's it's just essentially like you're an independent contractor working for Google or, you know, say you get sponsorships or all that kind of stuff. So like, um, yeah, it's like, whenever I was doing my taxes, like the, my tax person was like, you know, it'd probably be wise for you to get an LLC and you could, uh, you know, save 
quite a bit of money as far as like um, writing things off or you know what have you yeah. for that kind of thing. Um, the one neat thing was is that like I didn't even realize like this like like small businesses in the past um, like two years or something have been able to like they got like uh, small businesses got a twenty percent write off for their um, taxes if you're like an LLC or whatever. So I was oh, like, cool. you know, all these little things that you learn, like, you know, you don't expect going into making YouTube videos that you're going to have to learn stuff about, you know, taxes and business and all that. But I'm like, Hey, I, yeah, I guess that's all part of the experience. You know? <laughs> but, yeah. I mean, um, and it's, it's cool talking to you cause I'm learning a lot too about how to like establish like yeah. st- our stuff. And if you, it's kind of nice to talk to like, fellow podcaster that's been doing it like on the level you have you know what i mean so so right th- so thanks yes. for that knowledge i appreciate it <laughs> absolutely yeah the the more and honestly my best advice is the more organized you can keep it you know whether you know down the road you guys start getting more sponsorships and all that kind of stuff like yeah the more uh more automated and organized you can keep things whether you know because sometimes i'm sure like like eventually you might have someone approach you about like, Hey, can you promote audible for us? Or can you promote whatever, like raid shadow legends, you know? (laughs) And like, yeah. (laughs) And you'll, you'll have to send them like a, you know, a a W nine, this form or whatever. So like always have, or like an invoice and all that kind of stuff. So like always having that, like, uh, in a program or something, whether it's like over PayPal or bill.com or something of that nature. And then just being able to like, at the end of the year, instead of like wrapping your mind around like like digging through a like a room full of papers or something like that yeah. you know yeah. you can you can just be like oh here's literally everything neatly and organized for me so that's that's the most difficult part because it just makes me hate paying taxes pretty much at this point because you actually get to see like ev- you know whenever you're working for you know whenever i worked at like a bar or whenever i worked at the, a hospital like yeah. it was nice to just like you had everything taken out of your paycheck already for taxes and you didn't have to think about it. Right. But at the same time, you didn't, you like didn't realize how much of your money was essentially taken from you (laughs) per se and just like kind of, kind of handed over to the state and like, uh, and then all of a sudden, whenever you have to do your own business, it's just like having to go through that whole tedious process and then it being such a pain in the butt, but then also like it's, you're literally putting yourself through like annoying painstaking processes just to like give people your money is like such an annoying thing that it, you, it, it makes you, uh, you know, despise the system even more. Kind of thing, you know? <laughs> yeah. No, totally. totally. Yeah. I was hoping there was like a light at the end of the tunnel type thing there, yeah. but nope. Yeah. Um. yeah. <laughs> um, there, there is too. I mean, it, it almost makes you like start to like, you're like, sympathize with people who like try to find tax loopholes because you're like shoot i want to do that too you know (laughs) oh yeah seriously every possible way but yeah so like so right now uh let's read is like you're full-time there right you're not doing anything else as far as like work or or this is yeah so um i pretty much you know about that's uh, awesome yeah it's it's been it's been amazing i've been really thankful uh like basically i was i went to nursing school back in 2008 to 2012 and then um you know i worked for as a nurse at a hospital well i initially worked at like a nursing home for six months and then i worked at a hospital from 2013 till february of like 
Yeah. So almost a year ago, I stopped working at uh, a hospital as a nurse and um, I still keep my like license like up to date and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, just on the off chance that things go south, hopefully not. <laughs> but yeah, um, it's uh, yeah, it was it was kind of one of those things where I was like I was fortunate to sort of have an occupation prior to sort of like ease myself into being uh, financially independent from that job. Yeah. And, uh, from the system. It's, uh, <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's interesting. Cause yeah, it's, it's with YouTube, it's been so, um, volatile to a degree yeah. that like, uh, with, with whenever it was like the apocalypse and then, you know, various other like sort of, you, you know, you, and then you always hear about like something else coming in where YouTube is going to be pressured by advertisers to like make, you know, sweeping changes to, to appeal, like, or even one of the big ones, which was like, so funny to me was like, um, so, you know, you had the adpocalypse and now everyone on YouTube was trying to be more family friendly. Right. And, and forever, uh, I don't know if you had noticed like a lot of kids channels, like do like really, really well on YouTube. They do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Like all those crazy, like unboxing videos of toys or playing with toys or, <laughs> yes. or, or even like, you know, you remember like people dressing up like Spider-Man and, and, you know, uh, Elsa and all that stupid yeah. crap. And like, um, and then it's crazy. Cause then back this past year, um, like this, maybe six months to the end of the year of, of 2019, uh, YouTube was like sued by, um, I guess, uh, like, uh, I guess they were sued by the state of New York. And then I forget what the like sort of bureaucratic entity is, but yeah. basically yeah. like back in 1998 or something, there was legislation, uh, that had gone through called like COPPA. And like uh, it was just like Child's Online Protections Act, where oh, that's uh, right. yeah. You, yeah, like you couldn't you couldn't collect uh, data on on kids under the age of thirteen, and then in turn use that data to then direct advertisements to them. And you know, YouTube's making who knows how much money from all, doing all that kind of stuff, so they're just like, screw it, you know, and. Uh, and then all of a sudden they get sued and have to put out like a half a billion dollars, um, you know, in penalties or whatever. And then instead of like actually like changing, I mean, they, they have changed their ways in regards to now they can't do that. But like it's it's interesting because what ends up happening is like then you see YouTube, um, uh, YouTube Kids has popped up now. Okay. So like uh, – that now exists or whatever where advertising can exist with because there's some like of course like um you know disney disney and all of those kid networks and stuff have found some like work around where they can do advertisements but then like say that it's not targeted or something of right that nature. but <laughs> since but since google yeah so it's like but since google has like done that first so hyper specifically is how their advertising works and is and is honestly part of the reason why so many advertisers come to Google and stuff is because it's like so honed in. It was hard for them to kind of like argue against what they had been doing. So anyways, like, uh, you know, now all, if you're a kid's channel on YouTube, it's like you have to divulge whether you're, you know, a kid's channel. And then 
you no longer and if you say yes on a video you I don't know if, do you guys upload to youtube at all yeah i did we did yeah. recently and i didn't notice that them asking if we if this is like a kid's channel there's like a whole different right. bunch of shit to go through if you're a kid's channel yeah yeah exactly yeah. and um it's it's ridiculous yeah because it's like you you know if you sh- thankfully i am not that thankfully you guys are not that either because like <laughs> essentially once you get to the level of like being able to run ads on there and that kind of thing it uh essentially um no longer lets you do targeted advertising which is just like the natural process of adsense and like then people have reported that their advertising revenue goes down to like one tenth of what it used to be oh, wow. so you can imagine like those kids channels that were doing you know, Ryan's toy reviews or whatever. I, I don't know if they're going to be affected as much or not, but you know, like they potentially could be only making one tenth of what they used to. Yeah. So it's so funny. Cause like then the meme pops up where it's like, I'm making this family friendly video on YouTube, but not too family friendly that it's for kids. You know what I mean? Like, so <laughs> yeah. oh now, God, <laughs> yeah, it's like YouTube exists in this sort of like, uh, PG thirteen world right now, which is really weird. Yeah, it is really weird. From where they from where it came from, yeah, definitely. Jeez, man. Mm-hmm. So, like, as as far as like your recording and editing processes, like, what's that like, and how are you involved? How how much are you involved in both of those things? Because you have like a lot of your episodes are long, and you you release a lot of them. So it's like, how does that work for you? Yeah, so I I found a pretty good system that works for me as far as like my workflow goes, um, where I can kind of like crank things out pretty quickly. But so just to kind of go through that process, I have um, like I have my H4N microphone, which is what I started out with. Which when it comes to you know voice recording, um, a lot of people have told me when they hear that I use an H4N, they're like, "Why would you ever use that microphone?" <laughs> Um, and I, you know, at the time I didn't think anything of it, but it's, it's more of like a microphone that gets used like for recording, like sort of ambient environments and stuff. You know what I mean? Um, so yeah, so it's more of like, it actually is more of like an ASMR (laughs) microphone, which is funny. (laughs) Um, which I think might actually be like part of the appeal of the channel is that it sort of has that like ASMR vibe to it. Okay. And, um, yeah, a little bit of a crossover there. And uh, so the cool thing about the microphone is that, um, you know, aside from it, like recording like stereo or whatever, um, it it has like a, um, a memory chip inside of it. And then um, I have a little remote control where I can start and stop uh, anytime I mess up. And, um, you know, after that, I can connect via USB to my computer, my microphone as sort of like a drive and it will come up as like the G drive and then I click there and then I go into Sony Vegas, which is like my editing software. Um, I'll just drag all of those, um, files, which could be, you know, somewhere between 60 and a hundred, 60 to a hundred recording, you know, mistakes essentially, um, drag those over to, uh, Sony Vegas. And then the cool thing is that Sony Vegas has like this, um, sort of, I want to say ripple, ripple effect or something like that, mm-hmm. where and once you turn that on, if you, uh, if I go to the end of one recording, cause I can see them all like the files, like all separated, but they're like in, you know, linear order. Um, I can see where I messed up on the one part, 
but then I can also see where I started on the next part. Okay. So then I can cut cut where I started in the one, delete that. Uh, you know, it's almost like cutting fat on a steak or something like that. You know, <laughs> and you you cut off the one part, you pull it pull it together, and then you um, go back to where you made a mistake, and then cut that out, and then click delete, and then it automatically pulls that together. So nice. I start getting really good, like really efficient at just like doing the chops and screws and bringing it all together really quick. Yeah. And um, and then once that's all together, I uh, sort of render that out as like a WAV file. And then I go into, um, do you guys ever use Audacity? Yeah. Cool, yeah. So I go into Audacity and then they have, that's a great program because I, I can remove um, background noise with that, uh, which is which is honestly, once I figured out how to remove background noise, it like really upped the uh, quality of like the sound quality of a video, which yeah. has been great. And um, once I render that out, I will um, uh, export that as an MP3 and then back into Sony Vegas where then I just I'll basically at that point kind of already have my videos set up in sort of like a cookie cutter format where it has, depending on the theme, um, like if I do a theme video, I have like two intros um, that I use, which one is uh, kind of a cool one where it like has cool music that zooms into a spaceman on TV or like another one where a space fans floating through, um, near like a space station while like the earth, the, uh, like atomic bombs are blowing up on earth or something. <laughs> That's um, awesome. So like, yeah. So like, depending if it's like a theme video, paranormal or just like generic true scary stories, I, I go back to the previous like templates that I have for that, open that up. And then I just kind of like put it all together with, um, and then I have this really cool, uh, Ambi- you know, dark ambient artist. His name is Iron Cthulhu Apocalypse, who I've been using for quite a while now. And he basically is, you know, he puts out like hour long dark ambient music that uh, is like I used to use like, um, you know, you probably have heard of like Muji or um, another person is Coag Music or something. Okay. And they put out, you know, free to use um like copyright free music for, you know, different people and people would use them forever. But some of the songs are so distinct from one another that it starts to, you know, you probably, I don't know if you ever listen to like chills or anything like that. I um, haven't, but I should now, I guess. Okay. Yeah. 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 Chills, yeah, chills is, chills is great. He's really funny. Um, and he has uh, a lot of his videos are like countdown videos, but it's kind of become a meme where like at the start of every one of his videos, he uses the same, song you know what i mean so to a degree it's it's sort of like brand recognition but i guess at the same time it's like very repetitive yeah and i didn't really want i didn't really want people to like be distracted by the music you know what i mean so the cool thing about um using the dark ambient iron cthulhu apocalypse uh his his work is that he's so prolific in the fact that he puts out like new dark ambient stuff like every couple of days and the fact that it's like it's it's ominous and creepy and really like definitely sets the mood for the mm-hmm. videos, but at the same time like isn't like intrusive or anything like that, which is which is nice. Um, yeah. So yeah, then I yeah just uh, render that out. I also have another like I used to I used to have a friend that did my thumbnails, but then I don't know if you've ever worked with like uh, friends like IRL friends. It's um it's a great. It's a great thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah. but at the same time, like, uh, I felt like he was a good friend of mine. And whenever I would, like, ask him to make a thumbnail, I, like, because I put out videos so frequently, it would, uh, 
it was kind of like I relied on him to get that done as quickly as possible. Yeah. And like, uh, and I would, and I would pay it, pay him or whatever. But at the same time, like, because I don't know if you ever, you know, you get this vibe where like, oh, you're really tight with somebody, but because you're so tight with them, you like, you're not as like professional with them, you know, as far as like, um, like, as far as like getting stuff done quickly for them, you know, or whatever. Oh yeah, of um, course, yeah. Yeah. And that that's so like specific, but like basically that was my problem where my friends uh, just didn't like, I would like, Hey, I really need this like thumbnail done as soon as you can. And like, but he didn't. So then he didn't care. So like, then I wouldn't hear from them or he'd forget or whatever. So I just like, Oh crap, I gotta like hurry up and get this stuff done. So, but then the cool thing is that I came across um, a fan. His name is Robin, Robin Mickelson and he's from Norway and oh, cool. he's so ta- yeah, he's so talented at um, you know, 3D animation and editing and Photoshop and all that kind of, all of the Adobe kind of stuff and um like I'll ask him to do a thumbnail in uh, a sort of uh, just whatever aesthetic or whatever theme and he'll he's able to pump out like I don't know if you've seen some of the thumbnails they like uh, I they're really cool yeah. uh, in the fact that like they just uh, really set the mood or like really eye catching um, kind of stuff. And he can pump those out like incredibly quickly. And uh, so that's been really nice is that like, as time goes on, you start to find like different people that you vibe really well with as far as like your creative workflow goes. And yeah. So once I get the video rendered and all that um, I've yeah, essentially just found like a really efficient manner, sort of systematic way to kind of get, long videos done really quickly so so did he contact you to like hey man i could do some art for you or did you like kind of stumble on his yeah uh, i think i think i may have like like offhandedly and it always happens over social media like i offhandedly mentioned like needing somebody to help with something and then they yeah somebody just like hits you up or whatever awesome and uh yeah it was it was crazy because he's um he's helped me with a lot of different stuff on my stream as well. And, um, just, yeah, super talented. And, uh, yeah, I'm really, really thankful for that. Cause honestly, all the, all, anything that I can like offload to somebody else, um, to help make things more efficient, uh, just saves me so much time. Yeah. Trust me. Like when you're saying that, um, <laughs> you know, it's hard to work with someone sometimes that you're cool with and whatever Jamie here, is our art person. Yeah, he was eyeing me oh, the nice, entire yeah. time. And she uh, <laughs> dragged those feet, I man. I not, you jerk. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> ja- Jamie dragged those feet. I'm like, Jamie, it's been six months. You're I such need an that ass. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to like... <laughs> no, 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 no. No, no I'm, I'm just kidding. No, no. Jamie's, Jamie's definitely great when I try to stay on her to get stuff done. And like, it's becoming a bit more consistent now because like, I never really paid attention to things like that but it definitely makes a big difference like thumbnails and the art makes a huge difference and you know just being creative in different ways for the podcast <laughs> attracts people to wanting to click yeah. that button yeah i know right yeah it's that's as long as you can get them there that's all yeah you can hope for but i i just like to give jamie a hard time because she's like my little sister so yeah like, <laughs> oh yeah jamie fucking where, up, you, jamie. where are you guys from <laughs> Uh, Jamie's from you're from Georgia yeah and I'm originally from uh, British Guyana but I'm from I, I lived in New York and in Miami and then here in Georgia so but right now we're in Atlanta oh nice 
Oh, right. Oh, okay. Are you guys going to school right now or something like that? <laughs> no. Oh, actually, no. I'm totally done with school. And oh, okay, nice. And Jamie hates school, so you know just that. Oh yeah, school sucks. <laughs> School's the worst. But, yeah. <laughs> but um, so so I guess now you you kind of operate your podcast as a one man thing, but you kind of offload some of the work to people that you meet and they contact you and whatnot. Yeah, that's that's definitely. I'm sure that's like a huge lifesaver, as you said, because. It, yeah, just every little thing that like I'm bad at, it's just nice to know that someone else can fill that role. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, totally. And it saves you the stress, man. You can just focus on being creative and into your what you're good right. at. You know, so I, I guess exactly. You, maybe you answered this before, but like, why did you choose YouTube as your primary outlet for releasing something that's audio centric? Like, why did that? Why did you choose that platform? Yeah, you know, I I guess initially. Uh, I, I went in that direction as far as doing audio on YouTube because I thought that it was so like abstractly different from other people's sort of uh, what they're doing on YouTube. And, um, and it, yeah, it didn't take long till like after existing within that environment to realize like how many, you know, people actually did narrations on YouTube. Like it was pretty, it was pretty wild to kind of come across that. But um, I think the the cool thing was is just like like I just it was so because um, I wanted to make videos, but like like I feel bad for like YouTube channels that have to like think of something creative to do every time, you know what I mean? Like yeah. like I can do different theme videos or stuff like that, but I've kind of got it down to like where people can kind of anticipate what they're going to see on the channel, right? And I think a lot of people enjoy that familiarity. And uh, so like deviating from that, it, it tends to hurt the channel, which, which is really kind of lame. Um, for example, like we had, I, I thought like, um, oh, you know, a lot of, uh, little documentaries seems to be getting popular, like as far as like documentaries about like serial killers or, mm-hmm. or just really scary stuff or whatever. So initially I started, I did like a documentary, uh, and then I had a friend, write out um this doc you know research and write out a documentary and they chose to do this thing about like this i don't know if you remember it was like mary celeste and it was like this old haunted you know ship or something and turns out that none of my audience is really interested at all in like (laughs) you know maritime history or whatever you know what i mean so like uh that uh that kind of bombed um and then I, I was kind of disappointed to a degree. Like I did the, we did a video on Jill Dando, who was, um, she was like a TV show host who was assassinated by, they don't know who. Oh, and wow. the whole episode is kind of, kind of devoted to, um, you know, kind of analyzing all the different theories as to who could have done it. Right. And, um, I, I, and so it was kind of like, went into the world of true crime a little bit. And I thought that I had a lot of crossover from people who liked true crime, but also liked what I was doing there. And, and a lot of, uh, Robin, you know, did a huge amount of editing on that video, did an amazing job. And then it just like, did not get the views that I anticipated that it would get to like warrant continuing to like invest time and money into that. So yeah, that's been, that's been a little difficult. Um, as far as like realizing that if I branch out too far from my central content, that 
the audience tends to just kind of abandon the content. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and then the worst part is, is like on YouTube, if you, if one of your videos um, suddenly doesn't do well, or you put out content that people are not interested in, uh, it ends up like penalizing you to a degree where it, it doesn't push that video out. So you get, you know, obviously you get lesser views for the day, but then uh, it seems as if though it doesn't really push out the next video as hard either, because it starts to like, the algorithm is so um, kind of volatile in the sense that once it starts to sense that you're not doing well, it starts to almost like think like, oh, I'll just put resources towards somebody else or something like that. You oh, know what I mean? That's so messed up, man. Jeez. It, it is kind. <laughs> yeah. of, it is kind of sad. Yeah, because it's like, uh, you know, I. That's what has unfortunately made me start to put out less uh, paranormal stories. Okay, is because. Like every time I put, I would do paranormal stories probably every other week or something like that. And, but every time I do it, they get so many, so much less views than like the typical, um, stalker stories or whatever. Yeah. Um, so I was like, well, instead of like hurting my channel, it's like, I might as well keep on like the sort of momentum train of the stalker stuff. So, and then, and then I thought like, oh, I'll just do like, paranormal stuff like once a month and then people will be more stoked about paranormal stuff because they haven't heard it in a while right and that worked out well that worked out well with my last um paranormal one but like the one that i just released today and i'm just saying like obviously it's doing well in like the grand scheme of things but like i'm from a perspective of like typical view velocity you know when they say like the amount of views you get quickly um it's not doing quite uh as well would but then i always notice like when a video doesn't do quite as well uh the channel itself starts to kind of like dip down in views um oh, for okay. like a week until i start to like put out some bangers or whatever you know what i mean like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> man that's such like a finicky like uh platform yeah, sometimes right jeez man but uh, like yeah, it, at least it, you have a way to yeah. fix it though i guess right Right, yeah, where I'm like, all right, I just got to get back into my groove again, and um, we got to hit so the studio hard. You know what I mean? <laughs> right, right, you know, you know, get back in there, and yeah. like, it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's just always kind of like uh, puts this like unnecessary pressure on the creator to not necessarily always innovate, but just like constantly produce. And um, yeah. to me, it's it's this weird thing because it's like a lot of people think like oh, look how many subscribers you got. Like, you you know, you must be doing well by comparison to when I saw so-and-so. But, I've, I, you know, I've seen so many Let's Play channels that have, like, 2 million subscribers, but then, like, are getting, like, less views a month than their subscriber uh, amount. You know what I mean? So, right, like, yeah. you know, so it's like, it's never like a one, you know, like, you would hope that every time you release a video, or that I would hope, like, that all 600,000 of my subscribers would be made alerted of, you know, let's read has a new video, go check it at least like to let them know, go check it out. Like it's up to them to obviously do that or whatever, but it's, it's yeah. YouTube has this weird system where like sometimes they like unsubscribe you from channels. Sometimes they like, don't even tell you when a new video is, or like, even if you have like the, uh, the bell clicked, it like doesn't alert you of that. And I don't know. It's just, uh, it kind of sucks because it, um, 
I can never. It, it seems as if though YouTube tends to prioritize like obviously keeping you on their um, platform, right? But the manner yeah. in which they they've found to do that is trying to get you to just like go to so many different types of videos. So they want you to, you know, they don't want you to stick with the same creator for too long. They want you to move on to another one yeah. and then another one and another one. And I think right. the reason that is is because they've come to find that like whenever your brain is constantly stimulated with like new things, you know what I mean? It's, it's what's going to keep you interested, I guess. And yeah. so, um, from a platform standpoint, I think that makes sense, but it also made me realize that like just all the sort of unreliability of YouTube as a whole, like I really had to start, um, branching out into the world of podcasting cause, um, and, and I'm always looking for new ways to branch out as well. I just like, I can't quite figure out how to diversify myself okay. um, at enough. I don't know if you guys have any ideas, but like, you know, I'm thinking like YouTube, but then there's, um, you know, podcasts, but I'm not really sure where to go from there. If I should, you know, to go to like other websites, I don't know if like, you know, alternatives to YouTube exist or anything like that. Oh uh, yeah. I like, I know a lot of people are just like dealing with TikTok stuff and they're still trying to find its feet. It's like legs and where that wants to go. But, like, I know yeah. that's, like, open season for anything right now. So yeah. that might be a, a, a platform you can mess with and be experimental. You know what I mean? Not do the same that would, thing as YouTube. Yeah, that would be you know? fun. Yeah, that could be kind I of I wonder, um, yeah, I remember TikTok stuff. I wasn't sure. if Is it is it pretty much just, like, Vine where you just do, con- like, where it had to be, like, sort of just short videos or something like, or can you do long videos um you could do long videos i think like the thing that's like it's kind of popular right now like the tiktok challenges and whatnot where people like to just kind of watch people do dumb stuff but i think it's to the point where um it's very like audio driven and very music driven mm-hmm. also so if there's right. a way to like interweave like that cool music you use but still pushing the let's read brand or pushing them back to the podcast or the YouTube or just have an exclusive quick little stories on there. You yeah, know? like super mini stories. Yeah. yeah, I think that could be kind of cool. Too, oh, yeah. yeah. That would be great. Yeah, yeah. that's a good idea. Yeah. So. I've seen things on there range from like um, couponers like sharing deals to like artists sharing like their new work and mm-hmm. leading them back to their like Instagram pages or whatever. Yeah. So um, it's so. definitely like a nice lead back or just for just fresh new content, mm-hmm. and, you know, and like. I guess reaching another audience too, because the audience on there, it's very young, you know? So I think uh-huh. it's like maybe 15 to 25 or something like that. So, yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. But and you know how. That's sweet. And I think everybody loves creepy shit. So, I mean. Right. I, yeah. You know, it's like a universal thing. People just love it. So that, so that could be a cool little platform to mess with. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Just to, even promotion wise too, they might hear the voice and yeah, like be like, oh, how, where do I find this person or something? And then like. Yeah. Uh, lead, leading them over into your your uh, YouTube or, or podcast or something like that. Yeah, exactly. Have you had like a a, a big any big struggles as a as a narrative podcaster or things have been pretty like other than you know the YouTube like being so finicky, but like <laughs> I, I guess like personally like um, in your recording process or just trying to find that voice for different stories and things like that or has it been uh, pretty consistent? I guess. Yeah, that's the thing is like I I honestly like it it just yeah it always um, because it's pretty much the same voice and that kind of thing. I'm not very good at like 
whenever I have to play a character or something or like act it out, um, definitely not good at that. Because <laughs> uh, I, I feel, or at least maybe just in my mind, I always feel like when I try to like be the character and like, especially with dialogue, like if I had to do, if I was reading dialogue, I'd want to read it in like the character's voice sometimes. Yeah. And I feel like it just, it's, to me, to me, it sounds cringy a little bit, you know. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, honestly, but, I think um, you do a good job. Like, because I've listened to oh, the really? Okay. yeah, and I was like, that's actually really cool. Like, that's why I wonder if you if you've done some acting or something. I don't know because it sounds really cool to me. But oh, that may, okay, that makes me feel good. Yeah, yeah. I honestly like because <laughs> I I gotten used to the narration. I guess like from so much positive feedback on that, I'm like, okay, I guess that sounds good to people. You know what I mean? But yeah. like, it's you know, you're always your like biggest critic. So like, because uh, I you know sometimes during streams, like I would try to do like. Because I cannot, I suck at doing accents, you know what I mean? Like, if I had to do an Australian accent, I wouldn't even know where <laughs> yeah. to start or whatever. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so, but, um, as yeah, as far as the, uh, yeah, the podcast go, I've been for, yeah, it's like, it's it's really nice because it's kind of like with the podcast, I'm sort of just, um, I'm sort of just, like, recycling content for the most part, where it existed on YouTube about six months ago. Right. And then now based on my upload process because basically on the podcast it's like every two weeks i think i upload and then it um it i all i have to do is just take videos and in sort of like in sequence and then take three videos from a week and then just put that together in one big three hour video or two and a half hour video and just put that on the podcast in mp3 format and and then if there's like sponsorships that i have to read or whatever i just like kind of implement them throughout the um throughout the audio but uh yeah i've been fortunate that yeah like uh it's been it's been a like like honestly like the feedback that i get from my audience is always just so positive and um that's one thing that i'm really thankful for because i couldn't imagine like being like especially showing your face on youtube or being a character that's like somewhat like controversial yeah. Uh, where people actually people actually hate you you know what i mean like that would <laughs> yeah. be so hard you know like i always felt really bad for do you remember leafy do you, uh or there there was this guy his name was leafy I don't think I remember. or leafy is here he was just like it was back whenever like reaction channels were okay. big and um you know he, he was it was cringy but basically he would just like talk trash on somebody for like uh, 10 minutes or something in a video and like his videos would, were like blowing up everywhere. And it was, it was a very strange, uh, little period in YouTube that I think eventually YouTube started to be like specifically because of him, like started to get away from like, um, you know, the negativity on YouTube and all that kind right. of stuff. But, uh, like everyone, you know, uh, who was like a secondary reaction channel would find either try to like replicate that or find a way to like talk trash on him and stuff and or or just any sort of like character on YouTube that's uh, you know essentially been uh, briefly hated you know yeah. yeah I understand like Jake Jake Paul or all those guys like I don't really watch them or anything but they and I'm sure they uh, they come off as like idiots but I also would like hate to kind of hate to be them you know what I mean where it's like yeah. um, they just always in like some sort of limelight or like uh people just obviously i guess they have their like devoted fans as well their 12 year old army as they say but like um <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's just like at the same time to to kind of be like a a living meme I, like i don't know if my like 
psyche could handle that you know <laughs> oh i know right yeah, yeah that would be a lot to yeah. deal with yeah do you believe uh the narrative genre is something that's here to stay or and grow or do you think it's being like overly saturated right now you know i i definitely think it's here to stay as far as like um those who like have already established their audience you know what i mean because i've come to find on youtube it's sort of like a snowball effect like once you get the ball rolling like it just gets it just grows and grows which is which is great yeah um but the one thing that i've noticed is that i think a lot of people are ready for something else you know what i mean because you have uh you know you for a while, yeah, it was, um, you know, Mr. Creepypasta and Creeps McPasta, like, had done uh, Creepypasta narration. And then people, a lot of people tried to emulate that, including myself. And not all of them, like, really found their footing because it was hard to, like, generate, like, discoverability and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And um, and then once my channel and, you know, say, like, Corpse Husband or, like, Bee Busta or Lazy Masquerade, like, and then obviously Mr. Nightmare being the biggest, like, had kind of found their niche in, like, true, true scary stories. It's, like, it made it more difficult for people who are trying to enter it, especially, like, even two years ago, it was, like, difficult for people, like, entering into it. And then, you know, especially now, it's, it is very saturated. So the one thing that I'm starting to notice that's doing really well is, like, I don't, do you ever watch, um, nightmare expo or nexpo or anything like that no i don't but that's another thing i need oh. to check out i guess <laughs> yeah yeah it's a great channel super super talented guy um basically you know his or he have you heard of Rainbot? no i haven't have you heard uh, about it jamie okay, okay. <laughs> that's it. yeah it's okay they're basically um they just like explore like internet anomalies you know what i mean or like rngs and really weird stuff that exists on the internet yeah and um sort of do like miniature documentaries about it and that kind of thing and i and like basically only puts out videos maybe every two or three weeks but like every time he puts one out like you can just see like within two hours it has like a hundred thousand views and then within like a couple weeks it's you know over a million and and it's funny because I've like literally watched his channel like grow from like the very early stages, and he gets you know he, I think he gets like over you know two thousand subscribers a day. It's just like constantly blowing up. Yeah, that's crazy. and I almost come to find that yeah, like on YouTube, people are kind of ready uh, for content that uh, requires maybe a a little bit more research and um, time placed into it. Okay. But that, but at the same time, like it, it also has been a testament testament to me as far as like how YouTube um, prioritizes uh, like different content creators as far as who they promote. Yeah, and it's like this. There's this weird thing where it's like you know, it like I said, like it's all it all seems like momentum based. So like he started out putting out like quality content, and then. Um, you know, only did it every like two weeks. So it like almost allows like that video that he put out time to build up views. And then by the time he's ready for the next one, every the, the audience is ready for the next video. Right. And then it's like, and then he puts that out and then it generates a lot of views, which then, but then he also gives it time to, you know, grow. So it's like, it's this weird, like 
system where it's like quality content, but also like gaming the system at the same time. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, as, as far as like being aware of like how the algorithm benefits. And I'm like, it's people like that when you come across their channel, like, damn, like, I wish I was smart enough to figure that out. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. yeah. Cause it's weird yeah. because like you did some, like the documentary type stuff, but you know what I mean? Like I don't get like the different, like he's doing stuff based on the internet anomalies, and yeah. whatnot, but you're doing stuff based on your content, but it didn't get the same reaction, which is weird, but you already have a following. So it's kind of like a weird guessing game sometimes. You know what I mean? So it, yeah, yeah. it really is. And sometimes I'm almost like, if I wanted to do documentaries, I'm like, or do something different on the channel. I almost like ask myself if maybe I should probably start like I should start a new channel. You know what I mean? So like, yeah, yeah. So it's like you know, your the audience that exists on there would, um, uh, like you always are just getting like viewers that want to see that specific thing. So like. Even if I get like, uh, say, I started a new channel and got twenty k, you know, twenty k views on like a animation video, uh, that would be an exciting thing on the new channel right. because I would know that down the road, eventually, those animation videos would start to like pop off. But like, whenever I do it on my current channel, uh, like, you get twenty k views, like, it almost hurts your channel because it's like comparing comparing itself to like previous uh stuff that you've put out and stuff so i've almost i almost feel like if people do start youtube channels the most intelligent thing to do is to really be like know exactly what your brand is going to be before you even start which is kind of kind of lame because i because I know some people want to start a YouTube channel and they, and they evolve and grow, you know, like as time goes on. And then that's great. But like, um, it's also smart to like figure out what that niche is going to be early on. Um, just so that like, it seems to, it, it just seems to benefit the quote unquote, like algorithm, like in the long term. you know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, that makes sense. Yeah. I think that happens with our podcast episodes too, though. Yeah. You know, like just the amount of listens we get, you know, if we deviate from what yeah. we normally do, it's like, oh, well, <laughs> that one didn't get much. Yeah. yeah they hate it. Yeah. <laughs> and, right. uh, I think about whenever we, whenever I did the one about Rocky Horror, like the remake, like that one tanked. Does it really tank? Yeah, oh, like no, no one listened to that because sure. it wasn't our normal thing. <laughs> okay, well, that's fair. <laughs> but yeah, so it makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, yeah, yeah no, it's true. So, um, how did uh, the logo for Let's Read Podcast originate? Um, can you like break down that process? Yeah. Um, so back um, when I first was making videos and stuff, I had you know I started out with the creepy pasta, but I was also kind of transitioning from um, science fiction as well because I was reading a lot of like uh, classic science fiction that was also kind of back when I thought like oh I'll just read you know old science fiction and like from you know Isaac Asimov or something like that and it's not going to be a big deal but then I realized like oh shoot I'm reading like you know probably like publishing companies like own the rights to that so I had to (laughs) kind of like get, get away from that you know and, um, so in my, so then all of a sudden I was like looking at like this, uh, 70s sci-fi, uh, thread, which had like 70s science fiction art. And it was like so cool to look at. 
And then all of a sudden I found this one um, uh, sort of specific thread that was like uh, skeleton astronauts, you know, like astronauts that have like either are just skeletons or like they died in space or whatever. And I was like, whoa, that seems to like cover both things where it's like horror, but it's also science fiction, you know what I mean? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So then I was like, I was like looking for something to be my avatar forever or for quite a while. And then I finally was like, dude, that's, that's it right there. That's what's going to be me. Cause I, I realized like all the narrators, they had some sort of, you know, brand recognition or like some sort of avatar that represented like themselves. And, uh, yeah, so that's kind of how that all started was kind of being involved with science fiction kind of early on. So did you just find it or did you have someone create it or? Uh, yeah, that was uh, it, that one that I use, I think, was from some really old, I guess, like some 70s sci-fi stuff. And then like on my uh, channel banner is um, a kind of like a collage of various other like artists from that time or, you know, essentially from that thread of, of, uh, skeleton astronauts and stuff. Hmm, cool. Um, yeah, like yeah, yeah. <laughs> there is a part of me that also is like, Oh crap. I need to like, you know, do, um, you know, like I need to like have somebody redraw my avatar along with my like banner so that it's like, original content because i know that like these artists like some of them might be dead or whatever now but like um <laughs> yeah. you know like at the same time like none of that art on my banner and my profile picture are my own okay and um so like that was but then i realized like i'm like there's a lot of channels that don't use art that's theirs you know what i mean mm -hmm. as far as like not necessarily in their videos but like um as their banner and as their profile so i'm like i think I don't think you can copyright strike like a profile picture, you know what I mean? But, yeah, yeah. Um, it might be wise like going forward to kind of just uh, change it up. But I just love that art style so much. And I don't really think I've ever come across anyone that can like replicate that like that like aesthetic, you know what I mean? I understand. Yeah. So do you think having like a mascot or character for a podcast brand is important and like why or why not? Uh, yeah, for sure. I, um, I think it, yeah, it just, it, people, people like they react to symbols and stuff like that. You know what I mean? So like when they see, when they associate good things or whatever they associate with seeing your, um, you know, your listening or, or experiencing your YouTube channel or podcast, like, and then, you know, then they see your avatar, they see your, um, you know, your, your brand or whatever, then they can kind of create that, uh, association. So that, and it's so funny. Cause like, I get so often, like people send me messages saying like, Hey, I found you, you know, in real life or something like that. And it will just be like a skeleton astronaut that somebody like graffitied on a wall <laughs> in you know, Puerto Rico or whatever, or something like that. You know what I mean? And, That's cool. Um, yeah. So it's, it, it definitely, I think has been cool as far as like the branding and also like sometimes I kind of regret my like channel name, you know, cause like let's read, like it was cause it started out as like, um, you know, a play on words with like let's plays. Cause I thought like, Oh, you know, they have all these let's play channels when I first started, like maybe I can change it up and, uh, be a let's read channel, you know? Yeah. And, um, <laughs> but 
now it's like whenever people address me as like, hey, let's read, like, it's like, they don't realize that those are like words that are used um, within like sort of, the, I don't even know, like a verbiage, like let us read or something like that. They they now are, are able to separate like the phonetics of it to like actually sound like a name, you know what I mean? Like, or someone might send something over social media and say, hey, Mr. Reed, uh, you know, or whatever. Like, <laughs> so as far as like marketing, like what is uh, or what was your early approach to letting people know about your podcast or YouTube channel? And like, is it the same now? The best way that I went about that, at least within my, um, you know, within my genre was to like collaborate with other narration channels, um, which was a little bit difficult starting out because like nobody, not everybody really responds to, you know, your stuff. Yeah. Um, but I was fortunate where like channels that did would like hear my voice and they would say like, Oh wow, I really like that. And then like, you know, say like, yeah, man, come, you know, feature a story or whatever on, on my channel or like, you know, one of my bigger helps early on, early on was a friend of mine, his channel is called like blame it on Jorge. And, uh, <laughs> You know, he would do like he would do um, like countdown videos and stuff like that. And, you know, top 10 stuff. And basically he would have like multiple narrators come on to narrate the videos on his channel. And um, he would have me on pretty frequently. And his channel at the time, I when it was when I had first come across, it was like already at like 300,000 subscribers or something crazy. So it was like a really huge boost to like you know, my really small channel at that time. Yeah. And, um, Sweet. yeah. So the, I think the best way yeah, is just kind of like getting shout outs from other people within your sort of genre, you know, or, and that kind of thing. And that's one thing that I've looked into that not, or not necessarily looked into, but thought about a lot where I'm like, shoot, I need to, uh, I really need to advertise, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And, so- and I'm not really sure how to go about it. <laughs> Same. So I guess you would say like you probably use social media and internet marketing more than like a person to person or word of mouth type of promotion. You know, I I would say kind of like I have Twitter and Instagram and I don't really use the Facebook um, you know, <laughs> channel. The Facebook. <laughs> like, yeah. The Facebook, yeah. The uh and like um I think at the time I was just like mad at Facebook about something. So I stopped posting on there, but like I do looking back on it, like it still exists. And I see that there's like a ton of people that comment on my, uh, like whenever I post on my Facebook channels page. Okay. And, um, so I really should probably update that more often than I do. Um, but yeah, it's, it, it is, a, it is to a degree, a good way to kind of like get some promotion, but my Twitter, my Twitter game kind of sucks. Like I just, uh, <laughs> I don't know. Like I just don't really get like, like I look at some narrators and how they get like a thousand likes and like a ridiculous amount of retweets and stuff. And it's like, so it's a lot of like shares and finding, finding out about the channel through that. Yeah. Um, Instagram doesn't really allow that though. I, though I do have like substantially larger amount of like likes on every post when I promote it on Instagram or whatever. Um, so yeah, as far as getting myself out there over social media, like I haven't really done a very good job. And I think a lot of like the growth that the channel sees is like primarily through almost like YouTube's like organic process of promoting you, which is, um, 
kind of like random, you know what I mean? Like, it's so weird to me because like the views that if you go to social blade, like the views that the channel gets every day is usually pretty consistent. You know what I mean? Um, if you go to other channels, you can see that as well. And then same with, um, same with like daily subscribers, like they stay at their consistent daily averages. And I honestly have like no idea why that is. Like I have no idea why, (laughs) why it's always the same amount of views, why it's always like the, um, like you would think one day you just have a terrible day and like barely get, you know, a lot of views or something like that. Or you would think that you'd have a ridiculously good day or something, but like, or, or especially with subscribers, like that's the one thing that I understand is like, how can my daily amount of people making decisions to click the subscribe button <laughs> yeah. be so consistently the same number? Like I don't, I don't understand to the point where I'm like, I can only speculate that there's something that YouTube does that based on their sort of like uh, analytical approach to who they show or suggest your videos to, yeah. um, it, you know, they determine, they know that this per they, they like know for a fact, this person is probably going to subscribe to you. So then they're going to, um, suggest it. And then, I don't know, it's this really strange system where like they, they let some people grow really fast, but then they don't, they let other, the other channels, they kind of like let be like a slow, a slow burn kind of thing. And I'm like, and I don't understand, you know, I'm trying, everybody's trying to figure it out, I guess, you know what I mean? But it's like really weird. Yeah. It's so weird and frustrating. Too. You don't even know <laughs> like what strategy to use. You're just yeah. making the best content and putting it out there, you know? Right. Exactly. But and- I guess at the same time, like if you're getting more subscribers, it's kind of like a no brainer just to use YouTube. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like- right. Exactly. And hoping you're using yeah. the right keywords and yeah. whatever. Like, who knows? So yeah. That is important. Like all the metadata and yeah. all that kind of stuff. Jeez. Damn YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so are like paid ads beneficial to you personally, or does all of your reach come from like, um, organic promos? Oh, you mean like as far as like me, me, uh, promoting myself or yeah yeah yeah, like i guess like promoting the channel like Mm -hmm. i guess you don't really run any ads like you don't really pay like hey i'm gonna boost this by 10 bucks because i'm proud of this episode in particular yeah because it's all i mean that's that's a smart idea i just honestly have never done that before i've never uh done any sort of advertising i i really would like to honestly because i think it would be helpful but I have never known anyone on YouTube that has done that. You know what I mean? Like, um, yeah. uh, other than, uh, do you remember, do you know, Crypt, Crypt TV? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So the base, they put out like short, um, horror movies and stuff and they're really good. But I remember for quite a while they were doing sort of an advertising, um, uh, campaign where they were just going to like every, uh, YouTube channel within the horror community and um, just reaching out to them, uh, asking if they would take such such and such amount of money to um, do like three or four videos on their channel. Um, and I don't know, it was it was really interesting. I'm like, man, that seems like a really smart way to go about it. And, you know, and, and their channel had had benefited from it for sure. You know, yeah. yeah. Um, and I just. Uh, 
I have no idea how I would go about that. You know what I mean? From a, from a business perspective, like, uh, I could like, cause sometimes you can barely get a hold of people. And, and I know for a fact that like other narrators, if I just like reached out to them and said, Hey, can I promote a video or a narration on your channel? They would be like, Oh yeah, for sure. You know? Right. Um, but like, as far as kind of like starting a whole campaign with, uh, you know, paid advertisements, like, yeah, that's one that's just like outside of my, uh, wheelhouse as far as like knowledge goes no i understand that yeah <laughs> yeah it's, it's like a whole new thing to look into and strategize and whatever mm. yeah yeah Jeez. i wonder if there's like a marketing team you could hit up or something like that you know i mean that'd be nice that'd be perfect actually yeah <laughs> yeah so with your merchandising um what was your approach for that and why did you decide to go with spreadshirt over the other merchandise providers yeah so um with Spreadshirts, it was nice just because like people can go on that website and um, you can easily upload your your designs and stuff. And I was um, I initially was I think I was using some other some other type, but it uh, it was just inconvenient because it was always like campaigns. Oh. So like uh, so I would always have like you know you had like say you had two weeks or whatever to do uh, merchandise uh, and then and then you would have like two weeks or a month with no merchandise available to people you know so you always had to like promote it during that two week period and I knew for a fact that like some people some people are going to want to buy my merch or like they're going to be curious mm -hmm. but it's not like a lot you know what I mean like I would say on Spreadshirt um and I can even check to see like the statistics, but it's not a lot of people that buy shirts every month. You know what I mean? So yeah. for me to put the, put like even the effort or annoy my audience constantly by talking about merch because a specific website, you know, has the parameters of, uh, you know, needing to promote during X, Y, Z period of time. Like I was like, I found it to be more of a pain in the butt than anything. So I was just like, nice thing about Spreadshirt is that they ship at any time, you know, they can do, if someone wants a shirt that like they can, or if someone's really interested in merch, they're going to go look around my description box or whatever in a uh, YouTube video and be like, Oh, he has a Spreadshirt or he has merch. You know what I mean? I, let me click here. Oh, I can get it like anytime, any time of the year. You know what I mean? So that's yeah. just the nice thing about Spreadshirt is that like, I just, uh, you know, it's it's convenient, and I'm not like making enough revenue off of Spreadshirt for it to really be significant. So, it's more just like sort of a, a convenient way to like have merch available for those that want it. Yeah, that's really cool, and and I'm guessing the quality is pretty good too, because like I mean, compared to other like a T Public or something, you know. Yeah, yeah, because um, I know YouTube, yeah, kind of promotes the T Public thing almost through your channel yeah um but i i have never used t public so i'm not really sure if like that also is um if it's convenient to use or if it also works in the whole campaign process like a time frame in which you have to buy shirts so what can we expect from let's read podcast in the future and you as a creator and podcaster um i would probably say a lot of the same uh, <laughs> you know, uh, you know, still going to try to put out videos Monday, Wednesday, Friday, 
7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. <laughs> and like, uh, <laughs> nice. yeah, just uh, try to put out as many like theme type videos as I can, like whether like, coming up here is going to be like St. Patty's Day stories and stuff like that. Cool. And then, um, and then as far as the podcast goes, yeah, just trying to be more consistent with my uploads as far as every two weeks goes. And uh, I think, yeah, just like what the, the sort of groove that I found with the channel and the podcast back in 2019, I'm just going to try to like stay consistent with that here in 2020. And um, yeah, I'm really excited about the direct, like the growth of the podcast because I've, I've noticed that the growth on the podcast compared to like my growth on YouTube what is like or my youtube initially when i first started is like substantially faster yeah and i don't and you know getting into podcasting has been kind of like this mystery to me as far as like understanding where and how people find your podcast as opposed to finding your youtube channel you know what i mean so right um you know you never really hear a lot of like negative things i mean maybe it's just because i exist within the sort of youtube sphere all the time that people talk about youtube in sort of a meta fashion but I never really hear people talking about like podcasts or, you know, Apple or Spotify or any, you know, anybody like that or like, I have no idea how people are supposed to like, do you guys know how like podcasts get discovered or how it gets pushed out to people? Um, as far as like, uh, honestly, it gets pushed out on Apple sometimes because like there's like a, a time frame where you could be featured on the hot new whatever once you get like approved by Apple. To have like uh-huh. you know the hot new uh, podcast for this month or whatever, then they list you on like their their main page or whatever. So that's Apple. Um, with Spotify, I think you can buy ads on there so they can like tell people like, hey, if you like no sleep, listen to Let's Read that kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like they kind of plug okay, it for you. Yeah. Um, and th- like I guess just from personal experience, we just been using like you know like Instagram and things like that to let people know like hey this is our podcast and you know the hashtags kind of help people to find stuff because you know people that are looking for like uh interviews or like nerd culture related podcasts they would click on that hashtag and they would probably find us somewhere so i think that's like discoverability as far as that goes and aside from having like a website and seo type search things like um, yeah, I, I would think like social media is probably has been like a good friend to us as far as like getting the word out. But um, and I think what happens too sometimes is uh, when you listen to one podcast, like say like Audio Boom has like Let's Read, they'd be like, oh, they're they're like suggest another one on the bottom of the page. Like if you like this one, you'll like you'll like that one. You know, so okay, it's just like yeah. one of those things. And just wherever you host your podcast too, the um if they have like a distribution tab like um i know audioboom has it where you can like share to apple and spotify and you know radio.com and all this other stuff so like i think that kind of helps it a little bit too just to discover just to like get some discoverability in that way because i think once people go to like say like a deezer and they listen to like nerdist podcast they might find like another one that's close to that you know what i mean so it's just yeah. kind of like it's, it's kind of happenstance, but then kind of not. Because if you're listening to something that you like, they, they would suggest another one. So it's just like this weird, like being everywhere all the time <laughs> kind of thing, you yeah. know? Right. Yeah. So I don't know. That, <laughs> I don't know the answer to the question, but it probably didn't. But no, absolutely. Just... <laughs> no, absolutely. Yeah, just being uh, yeah omnipresent, <laughs> you know, is uh, yeah. 
you you literally just have to be God. That's all. You have to do. <laughs> Who do you use to host your your uh, lecture? Do you use Audio Boom? You said. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Which you know. We do this. Has same. been kind of a miss. Oh, you do. Okay. Cool. Um, did you reach out to them, or did they reach out to you, or is it like? I don't oh, know how that works. Yeah, I, actually, no. We like paid for our service, so it's like uh, it's just like a membership type thing for us. But um, because like I think afterwards they they reached out to people, and then what? And then they started making it like a service, like you pay like a membership fee a monthly, and then you can add your podcast on there. So that's what we did because cool. we used to be on SoundCloud, which didn't really do us much justice. Um, as right, far as getting yeah. people to like listen, so audio boom was probably the right move because I mean it's like lips and stuff, but sometimes they get really expensive, you know. So it's like right, absolutely. And if like mad income isn't coming in for a podcast, who's going to drop like a <laughs> couple hundred dollars a month for like hosting on lips and <laughs> on on the like professional level, you know? So um, yeah, yeah. But there's like cheaper what options is, too, though. So what is? Uh, What'd you say? It was Lipson? Yeah, Lipson. That's like one of the like original podcast host uh, platforms, you know? Like that's way back in like uh-huh. the early, maybe early 2000s when podcasts were just like people just sitting around a table talking about whatever. Um, but, yeah. but people swear about that just because like they've been around for so long that they are able to be a, a few steps ahead as far as like. You know, their metadata might be really like, don't great. Don't they have good analytics? Yeah, stuff? their analytics are like really, you know, pinpoint analytics and things like that. So, you know, it's just like, it's just like, I think it's just like a preference thing at this point. You know, like I, I we have audio boom and I'm satisfied with it. The $10 <laughs> yeah. a month, like I'm yeah. not complaining, you know, so. Yeah, it, it has been really nice, honestly, just to like have a professional process, like distribute your podcasts. And then also like the fact that they, have like an advertising aspect that goes out of their way to like go find me you know sponsorships and stuff and i don't have to yeah you know do that myself like that just makes life way easier it really does yeah so shout out to audio boom on that one <laughs> so we have like um our, our our segment where we flip the script and if you want to ask us some questions you could you don't have to you can totally pass on that if you want to and then we have some quick fire questions and then we'll wrap it up so so like your your podcast specifically, what does it focus on? Here lately, we've been trying to um, highlight people that um, we consider like nerds in their own right because like we, okay. like yeah. we, we first started out as like the whole like nerd culture thing and trying to focus on that, but that's like way too saturated. And some people in that space now we don't really identify with them anymore in a way because like uh-huh. I don't know if you know this, but like nerds have become kind of assholes in the past like eight years. <laughs> They're very like oh, ju- really? they're very like judgy, and no one's ever happy yeah. with, with the things that they get. So we're trying to like uh-huh. re- like redirect the culture. Anyone who's passionate about something that they're doing is considered like a nerd to us. Like you're, oh, you're right. yeah. You just want to learn more about the thing you care about just because you genuinely care about it. Like for yeah. instance, like you care about making good narratives and telling good stories just because you care about it you know like it's, it happenstance right. like you, you're making a living off of it but you still did it in the beginning for nothing you know so we nice. just want to feature people that we are fans of and do the thing because they really love it yeah that's awesome and then we have our episode where we just talk about shit that we care about <laughs> like you know like oh, our, right. our, our random episodes but we're, we're trying to add more value to people and get more information out of the people that we respect and 
like I like you know I'm a fan of your podcast so it's kind of nice to know what your process is and like what kind of headspace you're in and what kind of equipment you use and what your what your workflow is I guess inspirational to me and informative so and yeah that, yeah I appreciate that and, and I hope other people that are listening would find some value like oh well cool let's read does this thing and that's really awesome. I can use this mic also. I don't have to go pay for like audition. I can use audacity, which is free, you know, to clean up my audio. Right. So, you know, that kind of stuff. But, um, so we have some quick fire questions for you. All right. If you could only have one food for the rest of your life, would you choose tacos or sushi? Oh, shoot. Uh, <laughs> I guess, I guess it would have to be sushi. Cause I would probably survive longer maybe on sushi. Oh, what's your favorite curse word? I get Jesus Christ. Oh, really? <laughs> okay. I use that a lot. Too. I know. Yeah. <laughs> like, if you could pick anywhere okay. in the world to go on a vacation, where would you go? Oh, favorite vacation destination? Yeah. Whatever. I can't think of the phrase I wanted oh, to yeah. use. Huh. Um, yeah, that's a tough one. Oh, maybe somewhere in, like, Spain or something like that. That always looked really nice because uh, I've been to like, I've been to Florida. Uh, Florida's okay, <laughs> you know what I mean. Like I've been to, um, you know, I've been to like uh, Hawaii, and Hawaii was like, or, yeah, Hawaii was cool in the sense that like it had like every day we had a new ocean to go to, and every day we had a new hiking spot to go to, and it was be- it was beautiful. Um, but at the same time, as a general place to be i feel like it's and i don't mean to talk trash on hawaii at all but i felt like it was very uh a little bit overhyped to okay. a degree that's fair um in the sense in the sense that like it kind of like if it, it didn't feel much different than you know uh any other sort of heavily uh like set stuff from that has like 70s infrastructure or like strip malls and stuff like that it, it um to me it looked just as depressed as every other part in of the United States, you know. What I mean? Oh no! <laughs> yeah. But maybe that's just Oahu. I don't know. I was the only. I went to the Big Island. That was it. Oh nice. Okay. Oh, but there was. It was. Oh man, it was crazy. We, sorry, but uh, we no, you're fine. went to this one place. It was like this random hike that was off of the suburban area, and it was crazy because you like park your car, and then it's just like within a few seconds, you're just in this jungle. Oh wow! And like. Uh, yeah, and it was so muddy that I, I wore Crocs, and like my Crocs were getting like st- stuck like in the mud, and I almost like lost them a few times, oh, and then terrible. eventually, yeah, and we were kind of lost, but thankfully there was like these random high school kids that were there too, so we just followed them, and like uh, <laughs> and it, it eventually came to like this waterfall, um, yeah, just in the mid- you know, it's like. I don't know. It's, there was a lot of like little bits of paradise in it that I felt like you didn't have to go too far. Okay. And the cool thing also about Hawaii is that there's no ticks. Oh, really? <laughs> that's nice. that's, yeah, I don't, I don't think there are any ticks, like, um, or at least ones <laughs> with Lyme, Lyme's disease, since there's like no yeah. deer or whatever. Um, and like, uh, so it was just nice to be able to like walk through the forest and not worry about like, you know, getting a life debilitating disease that around you. Um, That's always a positive. One of my my weird paranoias is ticks. I don't know why that. I mean, that's fair. (laughs) Oh yeah, I I have a good one. Uh, Did did any of those hospital um, weird hospital experiences come from on your unless read come from your experiences at working at a hospital? Oh, uh, thankfully not. Okay. Um, (laughs) uh, Okay. 
I, yeah, nursing, yeah, nursing is definitely an interesting uh, experience for sure, but uh, it mainly just consists of like diarrhea and gossip. You know what I mean? That's like. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Yeah. No, that's hilarious. That's how I can sum up nursing. Yeah. Poop and I talking. Mean, I'm sure yeah. you have to be a special person to yeah be in that role. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like definitely have to have a, a dark sense of humor for sure. Because it's like you're dealing with people kind of at in their worst moments. Yeah. So it's like, oh oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. I've yeah I've always said that you know and it. And it's, a, you know, I would say like 75 to 85% of the people you come across as patients are just going to be like at their lowest low yeah. and they're going to be in like the worst mood ever. Yeah. And you just have to like, you just have to completely ignore that, you know? And I was pretty good with like the worst kind of patients because I could just like, I don't even know why, like, I guess like whenever I would approach them with sort of a very neutral mentality to like how they were acting, they were kind of used to like maybe getting bitched out by the previous nurse or like just like (laughs) like a lot of like attitude or something but then i came in and the fact that i like was maybe more uh like kinder to them or something they i could tell it over time they started to feel like bad for being as in such a bad mood as they were so that was kind of you know always a good a good vibe yeah like i think that makes all the difference right there just being nice to someone you know kind of turns their day around and maybe their attitude a little bit like you just said so yeah especially in a hospital being in the hospital sucks so bad like because it's just obviously you you know we provided good good care i was thankful for my floor even though it was like they sort of uh, micromanaged everything we did like from the managerial standpoint but i felt it was like a nursing unit um yeah. it was Everyone seemed to take pride in like doing their best, which was nice because I would go to like other floors or other hospitals and it seemed like you would just have people who didn't give a shit. And I'm like, I don't I would never want to be a patient in an environment like that. Yeah. Um, If you could choose a superpower, what would it be? I guess maybe it'd be cool to see in slow motion. That could could be kind of cool. Yeah, just because sometimes I play video games and I suck and I'm like, man, I wish I could see in slow motion (laughs) so I could just like, I could hit hit every shot. (laughs) And he uses it for video games. Yeah, right? (laughs) (laughs) We've got some interesting answers to that one lately. I know, I like that, yeah. (laughs) Nice. Okay, what's hands down the best video game you've ever played ever? Oh, Wow, that's a... Ever played, ever. Yeah. Ever played. <laughs> ever. Uh, yeah, there's so many. I, well, def- definitely not Overwatch. Overwatch sucks. Um, I, don't, I don't like Overwatch <laughs> either. People just love that shit. No, I, don't, I, don't I just, I, I, the reason I say it is because I play it all the time, but I don't know why I do, because like, constantly in like a state of like, either just like, like, I'm a god, or like, I hate this game, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> So it's, yeah, um, man, I'm for years and years I played this one game. It was uh, it's called Tom Clancy's Rainbow Six Vegas Two. Oh yeah, I remember <laughs> like Tom Clancy. Yeah, yeah, and like uh, that one was fun because we would just play like terrorist hunt for hours and hours. Like, and it was just a nice because it was like I realized the games I have the most fun are just like cooperative. You know, like you're not going against other players or anything of that nature, and um, you just kind of like you kind of get into a flow where you can actually like talk and play a game. Yeah. Whereas I know, I noticed that like, if I have to 
play a game and focus on it. Like I would be the worst Let's player because I could I could never like if the game was stressful, I would never be able to like communicate with my chat and play the game at the same time because <laughs> it would just like. I just, I'd be the worst. <laughs> yeah, I could see that. I, I'd probably be terrible. I mean, I'm terrible at games anyway, but. Yeah. But, <laughs> okay. I couldn't imagine trying to, like, talk to people and play a game. <laughs> like, like yeah. lead, lead them through to battles and stuff. Yeah. I'm like, sh just right, shut up. Just leave me alone. Yeah, don't talk to me. All right, I'm, I'm actually stopping the stream. Um, I remember I loved uh, Super Mario Galaxy 2. Oh, uh, cool. and those games are sweet just because it was it was cool because like every level um seemed like they gave you something new to do in it you know what i mean yeah whereas cool. you play you play some games and it seems like they kind of cap out on like the uh overall like variety of what to do like early on but i feel like mario's always like done a great job at uh keeping it fresh yeah there's like a sense of like familiarity but still you're like oh this is new so yeah that's that's really awesome mm -hmm. Yeah. The so final question time. Well, we got two. Two? Yeah. All right, Joel. Would you consider cereal soup? Why? Oh. Why not? Wait. What? What's that? <laughs> would, would you consider? <laughs> would you consider cereal soup? Why or why not? Oh no, that's yeah, that's a question as old as time. Um, <laughs> I know. You know, it's uh, it definitely could be categorized as a, a certain breakfast soup for sure okay um, see i but at the same time like it's yeah it's in its own it's in its own category almost like uh, you know i feel like when scientists are trying to categorize like whether a bug is of a certain genus variety or something like that <laughs> yeah that's true i think we should, i think we should leave that up to the scientists to figure out if this all right so that's an inconclusive one then, right. yeah <laughs> Our other question is the ultimate last question. Can unicorns <laughs> fly? Why or why not? Oh yeah, um, you know I've never I've never seen one do it. But I'm saying I guess like does Pegasus have uh, a horn or no? I don't think he does. Um, um, I guess I have. I think they just have the two wings and that's it. Oh right, and that's it. Yeah, because yeah, there was a there was a movie with um, Tom Cruise when he was young. He was really young. He was like eighteen in this movie. He looked great, and like uh, <laughs> he like it was so funny. Like uh, he, I don't know. He was he played. It was like some sort of like fantastical, whimsical movie. Okay, um, you know that had like fairies and all this mm -hmm. weird crap. And <laughs> at one point, I'm pretty sure in it, like in slow motion, a uh, a unicorn comes running in. And I, I doth not recall if it was flying or not, but something about it certainly, certainly felt majestic, like an eagle. So that's that might be inconclusive as well. I'm gonna have to see if I can <laughs> see if I can stumble across one in the wild and figure it out. This is like the first that we've had someone not <laughs> answer like both answering. questions. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Oh. All right, well, do you have any shout outs or uh, you want to plug any social media stuff so people know where to find you on uh, Let's yeah. Read podcast? Yeah, you know, uh, on YouTube, it's just Let's Read. But if you do the whole uh, URL, it's Let's Read Official. Um, and it should just pop up as the whole green, the green alien, not alien, green <laughs> astronaut skeleton. Um, <laughs> looks like an alien a little bit. Yeah. Um, find me on YouTube and then the uh, uh, 
Twitter is at Let's Read Creepy. Uh, Instagram is uh, Let's Read Dot Official. Um, honestly, I I like Instagram the most just because it's like I feel like you go on Twitter, you get like I feel like people just are constantly yelling at each other about stuff. Yeah. Whereas like <laughs> you know Instagram's just filled with like good wholesome memes. You know. That's, <laughs> no, it's true. It's yeah, awful. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but. Uh, yeah, I think I, I think I have a Facebook page as well. I forget uh, forget exactly what the address was at, but it should pop up on the the Facebook if you look for it. <laughs> <laughs> on the Facebook, yeah. So just look up Let's Read on Facebook and our Let's Read podcast yeah. on Facebook. Cool. All right, sweet. Yeah, what? and I and I think yeah, as far as podcasts go, it should just. I mean, I'm with Audio Boom. Thankfully, you can just put it out to everywhere. I guess the two major ones. What is it like? Apple Podcasts and Spotify and. Mm-hmm. And you have all the in-betweens, I recall, like Deezer and iHeartRadio and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, yeah. I am out there in the uh, social media sphere. Nice. <laughs> so, yeah, so tune in to Let's Read Podcast. I'm a huge fan of it. I listen to it, like, every week. And every day, Thank actually, you. like, I go back to the old stuff. He really does. He day. raves about it. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I appreciate that. And I love, love, love that they're so long. It's amazing that they're that oh, long. Yeah. yeah, I love that. So, but thank That's you so much for making such great content, man. Like, I'm a huge fan of your podcast. And Absolutely, too, yeah. So I appreciate it. But thank yeah, thank you guys for having me. I appreciate that. Yeah, I feel, dude, feel free to come back if you just want to talk about random stuff too. Like, yeah, I might, I might have some more conclusive answers by that point. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's, it's some more data. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Joel, for chilling with us on Everybody's podcast. And come back anytime, please, because you had a lot of <laughs> cool things to say. And I learned a lot from just yes, listening to your podcast. Like, like, that was insane. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for having me. Yeah, thank you guys for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Bye. Peace out.